The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a finish strong Friday. My daughters know what that means. It means you finish the work week strong so you can enjoy all weekend the fruits of your labor, which absolutely includes a couple of daddy sodas for me tonight. And on Fridays, we are presented by you guys. We are presented by winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. I don't know if this has ever happened before, Bri. We don't have a sponsor confirmation email winner this week. We do have a spread the word winner. That is Sandra Claire, who I noticed liked the College Draft podcast on Facebook on Monday or Tuesday. So you never know whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or a YouTube comment. You never know where I'm going to go to pick and what day and what show. So congratulations to Sandra. Go ahead. Sandra, by the way, my mother's name, Sandra, Sandy. So congratulations, Sandra. Go ahead, email me, ross at rosstucker.com. Let me know whether you'd rather have the signed picture or the signed football card or whatever you would like. But how about the fact that there's no sponsor confirmation email winner this week? I am literally giving this away to you. It is an official ID card from the NFLPA that you only get if you play in the NFL. And I'm going to sign the back where it says signature of member and send it to you. Right here, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. This is the coolest, most unique gift I think I've ever given out. And yet, we didn't have anybody as of last night that downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app and just put the promo code Ross in. I don't get it, but hey, that was what I said I was doing this week. So we'll carry it over to next week. Who wants this awesome NFL PA ID card? Maybe I'll just do the app on another phone or my wife's phone and I'll be the winner. I don't know. Anyway, here's what I do know. We flipped it up a little bit this week because of some scheduling issues. Love the flexibility of our stalwarts, Greg Cosell and Andrew Brandt. And I think it is uncanny how often 
we have Andrew, the exact day you should want Andrew Brandt. The exact time where it's Andrew Brandt day, it's Andrew time, Andrew Brandt time, we have him. He's got the Business of Sports podcast, which is amazing. He writes for the MMQB. He's got a bunch of other jobs. He's an agent, all, all kinds of things, right? But he also shows up every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast at exactly the right time. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so Andrew, before I get in to the stuff with the Washington football franchise, which there's a lot of it, again, um, I did want to find out from you about this week's Business of Sports podcast because I don't know how many people got a chance to watch it uh, or listen to it, but I thought it was really, really powerful. And speaking of the perfect guest, you actually had him, you know, you had it posted on Monday this week. I, you know, with the news that had come out, Jeff Schwartz was the perfect guest for that show. Yeah, thanks, Ross. I mean, listen, the Deshaun Jackson comments did get some play on social media and responses, notably by um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar and others but certainly not the outrage of other comments in other situations, as we know in the past few months. I just wanted to delve into it as a Jew myself. And I got on, as you said, Jeff Schwartz, Jewish player for many years in the NFL, one of a handful, including his brother, just not a lot of them. And I've had that experience growing up my whole life, you know, not being, uh, being quite a minority in my schooling and working for the Packers and living was in Wisconsin. Everything was sort of, I'm the big minority. And we just talked about it. I encourage everyone to sort of listen in on being Jewish in the NFL and kind of the lack of outrage compared to other things on Deshaun Jackson's comments. We go deep. Jeff's a great guest. Uh, people know him from the media, but he showed a different side in really getting deep and honest and open about this situation on the podcast this week. Highly encourage people to check that out. Uh, I thought it was really poignant and really powerful. You know, Andrew, when it's a big topic, I, I usually tee you up and sit back. We had been hearing about this Washington Post story as it relates to the Redskins for days, and it had been mentioned over and over again on social media by different people finally came out last night sexual harassment and assault allegations from 15 women there you go your your thoughts andrew yeah ross it's funny because i've been around the dc area most of this week where we've had kind of a family reunion as people may know i'm from there not only from there but grew up die hard diehard Redskins fan. And yes, I'll say Redskins. That's still their name because uh, that's what they're referring to themselves as. And uh, the owner there was a guy named Jack Kent Cook. And he was a bit of a, a weird guy, but he was kind of regal and people looked up to him. And then the Redskins had a name and a, and a following that was, you know, we just felt like, wow, that's our team. And you, I can't tell you, Ross, how many people I've grown up with or people I've just met that say, you know, I've kind of given up on, on that team being a fan. And a lot of it you can sort of trace directly to ownership. So, you know, we've had the reboot and the name change is coming. 
but there's something there that just doesn't sit well with people. And here we go. A bombshell article about a pervasive culture of toxic abuse, statements, harassment. You see people leaving the team in the past few days. Uh, again, as we're going to note, nothing direct about owner Dan Snyder and harassment, but certainly it, it would appear that he knew. And I guess my initial reaction really goes to the report we talked about a week ago. Three minority partners of the Washington Redskins selling their shares, hiring investment bank Mogan Company out of Baltimore to sell their shares. And my reaction for the whole week was, why in the world would they do that? You've got the name change coming. You've got one of the best assets in all of sports in the world. Predict a $3 billion valuation. Let's just throw that out. Why give it up? You know, of course, we're in COVID, but it's going to get much, you know, the skyrocketing value of these franchises. Now we know. Now we know. These minority shareholders are trying to, to get off the sinking ship. They're scurrying from this brand, which has continued to be devalued, maybe not financially devalued, but certainly reputationally devalued. And my last comment is, here we are, and we already sort of see what the what the fallout is, Ross. It's a indep supposedly independent lawyer reviewing the culture, and I don't think the NFL is going to do anything beyond that. So that's where we are, which my reaction is, it should be more than that. I don't know what, but we kind of know. We're kind of cynical, I guess, but we kind of know what this independent lawyer is going to do. Talk about better practices. Talk about improving the culture. And then what? We're back to where we started. You said this, Andrew, but I want to hit it home. Are there any implications from the league here? Is there any action that the league could take? You always look at precedent and everybody's pointing and I'm getting a lot of Twitter questions about Jerry Richardson. Two years ago, Carolina Panthers forced to sell, maybe too strong a word, but certainly encouraged to sell following similar allegations. The difference, as we noted, Jerry Richardson was personally accused and Dan Snyder has not been. So maybe it's more in the line with an NBA case of the Dallas Mavericks, a big article in Sports Illustrated showing that. And Mark Cuban says he was unaware, paid off a fine and instituted all the practices we're talking about. So maybe it's in line with that. But I guess the one difference is Mark Cuban's a popular owner. Dan Snyder's not. Uh, but again, I think we're sort of seeing already, as I mentioned, this is not going to go down the Richardson path because I just saw sort of the NFL kind of deferring to the independent law firm. So I think we're going to have the same owner, albeit maybe with different partners down the road. So let's get to what happened on Monday. Same franchise where they announced that they are officially retiring the nickname Redskins, the logo, but that to this point, they have not yet decided what the new name will be. And there are reports out there that it's because there's a, a trademark issue with their preferred new name. Yeah. 
I'm not a trademark lawyer. I know there are people out there talking to this guy, Martin McCauley, I believe his name is, who bought up squatted on all these uh, names and is offering them just once acknowledgement. And we'll see where that goes. I think part of it, why they're not getting the name new name out is trademark, but part of it is the massive logistical work that has to go into a new name. They don't want to just roll it out and then not be ready on the back end, if you know what I mean. They have to have back end not only for NFL brand at team branding, but NFL branding. We've talked about this in a normal situation. This is probably a two year plan, but we don't know what normal is. I don't know, assuming we start a season in September, what Washington football is going to be called. I think it's reasonable that it will be called Washington Football Club because it's just a Herculean effort to get a new name by by that date. But if they want to do it, Ross, they can do it. We also, Andrew, speaking of the business of sports, your awesome podcast, we also had the franchise tag deadline come and go this week. Only two guys got deals. Chris Jones of the Chiefs, Derek Henry of the Titans. It'll be the most guys playing on the franchise tag deadline, franchise tag designation, Andrew, in a long, long time. Should we just attribute that to COVID? I think so. I mean, you talk to me every year about this. I, I, I My constant refrain is franchise tag is more than just these top 15 players. It affects the market all the way down. It's a restriction on the best free agents available. Um, I think it's due to COVID. I, I think that teams are holding their powder. You know, we still don't know what kind of financial impact this is going to have. If we're going to have a season, I know I hate saying it, but have to be realistic. Um, yes, I would attribute it the lack of deals. And, you know, deadlines do spur action, and they did with Derrick Henry and Chris Jones. But the other 12 or so players, I would put it at COVID, and I would put it at, hey, teams are holding their powder. You know, we've seen deals. I know. McCaffrey and Mahomes and Jones, but there are, compared to a normal year, very, very few extensions, and you've got to put it on the virus impact. Speaking of teams holding their power, what do you think about, or their powder, what do you think about what's going on with the NFL and the NFLPA, and the latest there is that the NFL wants to cut salaries, I, I don't know if it's the cap or what, by $40 million this year, or at a minimum, have the losses from this year spread out over this year and next year. And to this point, the NFLPA is balking. I got to tell you, Andrew, I, I don't blame them. Yeah, I mean, I'm patting myself again, but we talked about this for months. This was going to happen and is happening. You know, everything going on with the NFL and LPA we read about is mostly about protocols, how they're going to deal with this virus. And we kind of laugh that they can't exchange jerseys after the game, even though they're sweating and spitting it on each other for three hours. But here's the real issue, the money. And I've said this is going to be a replay of baseball. And here we go. The owners want to give them a big old haircut and they want it now. The players say, let's smooth it out. We got a 10-year CBA. Let's smooth it out. And the owners are saying, no, let's take care of it right now. And you're going to have a tough negotiation. 
it doesn't end well. I don't know what the owner's game plan in other than the baseball game plan, Ross. Wait them out. Wait them out. <laughs> and as we get into late July, early August, who knows? They'll cave. And that's what happened in baseball. Although baseball, as we know, didn't even get a deal done. The owner imposed a season by fiat, the commissioner, rather. That is what we're looking at here. I don't see the players agreeing to this massive pay cut. So what happens? Test of wills, game of chicken. And we know what happens with that, Ross. Owners win, but there may be fallout from that, including a lot of opt-outs, including... You know, some players saying, you know, registering some way of distrust and disobedience to owners. I'm not sure exactly how. <sighs> Man. It's, not, it's not pretty. I mean, you just said it. I wouldn't agree to that. Uh, you know, the owners say, no, we're not spreading this out over 10 years. What do you say if you're a player? I mean, what do you say? Well, I, I personally think the players have all the leverage. They don't need to do anything for 2020. You know, the cap is the cap. So the issue there would be then based on the loss of revenue this year yep. that the NFL could say, okay, well, the salary cap in 2021, because we're going to lose so much revenue this year, is going to go down by $40, 50000000 million. But I think the players know that the teams don't want that. They don't want to have to be cutting their best players and they don't want to have to do all kinds of restructures. I, I don't really see the league's leverage on the financial part of it. Well, again, if they play it out 2020 and you know, my opinion on minimum salaries and minimum team spending, the teams will find a way to spend less this year than the cap of 200 million. <laughs> it's the problem for the players is 2021. You're right. I mean, they, they do their machinations with the accountants in January and February. And all of a sudden we'll hear in March 10th, the cap is $150 million. And you're right. Then it's going to be, but then it's going to be star players and rookies. <laughs> That's it. You know, there's going to be no mid-level if that happens. So think about that. What do you think, Andrew? I mean, we, we talked before about Dak Prescott signing the tender. Didn't seem like it helped him in any way. Has no leverage about sitting out training camp. He also can't negotiate a better one-year deal, which I think he could have gotten if he sat out training camp, either more money or no franchise tag clause. But I want to get your thoughts on the other side of that equation. The Cowboys' strategy, I think they know that the price tag for Dak Prescott will just go up as they wait. But is there value in their mind of, hey, they still got him for peanuts last year. They have him for 31 this year, which is less than the 35 to 40 a year he's going to get. And so on some level, as they wait, they've saved money the last couple of years. Yeah, you're right. So they have them for 32 over two, 2019 and 2020. Uh, that's a good deal. Listen, I think the Mahomes deal complicates this. Uh, you know my feelings about the Mahomes deal. I think for a star level player, it's an undervalued deal in many ways. Uh, 
Uh, we talked about that. I think the Cowboys would have loved to do a deal like that. Uh, they did a deal like that with Tyron Smith, a 10-year deal, or I think eight or nine-year deal. Um, Prescott's not having that. You know, Prescott doesn't want that. And people say, well, he doesn't want to be on the team as much as, as Pat Mahomes. Come on. Of course he wants to be on the team. But he wants optionality in his career. He wants a shorter deal. He wants to commit for whatever it is, four or five years. And he wants to be paid. I mean, that's something every player wants. It's not that they don't want to be on their team. So Prescott is setting himself up for a massive contract. And in my, in my view, a much better contract than Mahomes. Because now he's negotiating off $31 million, where if he did a deal last year, he'd be negotiating off 700000 And next year, he'll be negotiating off of $37 million. So he's going to get a massive deal. And mark my words, he's going to eclipse the Mahomes deal, I think, by a good margin. Wow. That is interesting. Really interesting. Um, last question, Andrew, would just be uh, the Derrick Henry deal, Miles Garrett contracts. Your thoughts on those two? Quick on Garrett. I mean, yeah, it's just how interesting that time heals. I mean, time changes things. I just recall the day after, two days after the helmet swinging incident, so many people I respect, you know, he'll never play again, you know, right? He'll get a year suspension. He won't play till 2021 at the earliest. Not only is he playing, he's getting the best contract ever in terms of average uh, for a non-quarterback. Think about that. And then Henry, we debate running backs a lot. And, you know, I thought they'd go year to year. Uh, but basically they're going two years. So I don't care about 50 million over four. It's 25 and change over two. And that's what is guaranteed. So I just look at it as two years and we'll see. Still, still, I think in this world of running back declining market, a very good deal, very good deal for Derrick Henry. And the Titans have given out two contracts that you kind of raise your eyebrows at, Tannehill and Henry. They're paying really top, top dollar for both those guys. I agree. I thought it was smart for Derrick Henry to sign that deal without question. Andrew, always appreciate the time. Again, you got to check out Andrew on Twitter at Andrew Brandt, and you got to check out the business of sports this week with Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman, one of the few Jewish players in the league for a long time. His brother's still in the league. I thought it was, like I said, a, a great discussion that I hope a lot of people listen to. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for us. Thank you, and thank you, DraftKings. Listen, we talked about it on the Even Money podcast with Eli Hershkovich. I talked about it yesterday with Brad Ziegler on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Right now, DraftKings has a return of baseball promotion. Before the season starts, place a bet of at least $25 on who will be crowned the champion and they'll give you a $25 free bet to use on opening day, which is amazing. Why not get the free $25? Especially when you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each with the $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Good morning, Ross. Let's start with the sexual assault allegations against Washington in the Washington Post story. Your reaction as a guy who started and finished his career there? Well, in general, I, I guess I would say I'm not that surprised. I, I probably think that the Redskins aren't the only franchise that have issues like that. I know Andrew Brandt talked about the Dallas Mavericks a little bit, but I'm really not surprised in particular with the five organizations that I played for that it's the Redskins. And it really does start at the top in my mind, Brian, with the culture, especially as it relates to the sales element there and the pressure to sell in Washington. Uh, None of it makes what, the guys on the business side have done excusable. It's not at all. But I'm not surprised that they went to those lengths in terms of asking women to wear certain things in order to try to close business. And I think that is because of the pressure they get from the top down. I know a lot of the people that were involved. I think I know pretty much all of them. And I thought Lindsey Jones from The Athletic made a good point when she said, you don't have to talk about your daughters to say that this stuff is wrong. And so I will say it's absolutely wrong. It's always been wrong. We know it's wrong. We know it's inappropriate. But I do think, Lindsey and everybody else, it is human nature. You know, for me, I now, as a 41-year-old father, think about, my daughters and when they get into the workforce for the first time and if they were treated like that and that takes my anger or frustration venom whatever to a whole different level you know it's bad it makes me mad but then when i picture my daughters i think i think that's natural in life right like when you when you when you think about it in the context of someone that you know and love Uh, it makes it even more real in your mind. And we talked about it with Andrew uh, in terms of what the NFL could do. And as Andrew said, he doesn't think they're going to do very much. Let's get into the current NFL, NFL PA negotiations and the COVID-19 list for players uh, that uh, eventually and hopefully don't, but may contract the virus. Well, so they're going to go on the list for three weeks. I think it's interesting that they're making it just a uh, a hard and fast rule that it's three weeks. You know, and I always wonder about something like that is that sounds good until it's maybe week 15, until it's the playoffs. I'm not sure how you could fudge whether or not someone fails a COVID-19 test. But, I mean, what happens if it's the week of the Super Bowl? What I think there's still a lot of questions there. As for the negotiations, I'm with Patrick Mahomes who said on Twitter, it's infuriating that this stuff is still going on now and that they haven't figured it out or gotten it settled ahead of time. 
think the Chiefs and the Texans both have their rookies reporting to training camp on Monday. And yet there's a lot of things that are still up in the air, still undecided. The owners evidently have a conference call today to discuss this. I don't, I don't really understand or agree with the players pushing so hard against the preseason games, uh, but I absolutely agree with them when it comes to the opt-out options, the uh, coronavirus stipend, and the financial issues. Absolutely. Takes. The only franchise tag deadline deal, as you mentioned, was the Titans and running back Derrick Henry that you discussed with Andrew. Your thoughts on that deal? Well, I thought it made sense for both sides. I mean, I think the Titans know that they're committed to Derrick Henry being sort of the foundational piece of their offense for the next two years. And so they want to make sure he's there for the next two years. For Derrick Henry, this in my mind was a home run. I mean, you look at what's going on with the free free agent market for running backs next year and how many good running backs will be in it. And you think about what's happened to the running back market for him to get $25.5 million fully guaranteed over the next two years, you know, over $12.5 million a year and make sure he's getting $25 million plus. I thought it was really smart of him. And I'm glad he took the deal. I'm glad he got it. That is life-altering money. Much better, I think, than if he had just taken the $10 million for this year. Takes. Some other notes include Texans wide receiver Kenny Stills getting arrested on felony charges for a peaceful protest in Kentucky. And the Eagles being told by the city of Philadelphia that they cannot have fans this season. Unless they can. Please explain. So Kenny Stills, yeah, I, I have not followed that closely enough. He was, I believe, at the Kentucky Attorney General's house, seated on his yard because they were protesting that there still have not been charges against the police officers who killed Breonna Taylor. I don't know how that's a felony, but evidently it was. And, you know, usually if a guy gets arrested on a felony charge, the NFL will have some sort of discipline, but I think they're probably in a predicament there considering what Kenny was arrested for. So we'll keep posted on that. As for the Eagles, yeah, there were two guys at the city of Philadelphia that said no fans. And then the mayor came out and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say that. Let's, let's wait and see where things are. Cause it really does not make sense on Ju- July 16th to say there's no fans the whole season. I mean, You know, it seems like the coronavirus stuff changes often. So to be in a situation where you're already saying that, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I I think every I think taking your time to to make final decisions uh, makes a lot of sense to me in this case. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address is ross at rosstucker.com. If you take advantage of any sponsor ever, send it to me, ross at rosstucker.com with a question. I promise I will read and respond to it, and you could become the sponsor confirmation email winner. Next week, it'll be someone that uses the code ROSS on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
If anybody does. By the way, I got another idea, Brian. What's that? I want to get I want to get more people checking out our YouTube page and the great stuff that Casey intern Casey's doing with the YouTube page. So here's here's what I'm going to do next week as well. I'm going to pick a subscriber to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And I'm going to record a free cameo, a free shout out. So I've had like four or five people order cameos. They're $25 um, where I'll give a shout out for a birthday or a fantasy league or whatever anniversary. I've done them all recently. I'm going to give a free one to a YouTube subscriber. So if you subscribe to YouTube next week, YouTube or over the weekend, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, subscribe to it. I'm going to pick one and I'll get, I'll do a video shout out for whatever you want. Your mom, your dad, your son, whatever. I'll give you a video shout out and I'll send you the link. It'll be awesome. But you got to subscribe. You got to, you got to play youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. What do we got, Bri, on the, uh, emails. All right. Today's question comes from our numero uno tuckhead, Jason. Hey, Ross. In the past six months, I've placed 26 orders for 49 items for a total of over $1,800 on Amazon using that new RT Media link. My question evidence suggests that catching COVID will improve the immunity to future COVID. Now, from a player's perspective, in effort to attempt to avoid COVID during the season, would you consider purposefully exposing yourself now? Do you think anyone has or will do this? Wow, that's an interesting question, Tuckheads Jay. Really interesting. He is unbelievable, by the way, on the private Slack channel for our patrons, patreon.com slash RT Media. I mean, there's a lot of guys, Rob and Merlino and Tim and there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time on that thing, but Tuckheads Jay, I think, takes the cake. And I love it because it feels like he gets the conversation going a lot of times. I actually was on it this morning for a while. I think I chimed in on like five or six different threads on our private uh, patreon.com slash RT Media Slack channel. So I understand the question, Jay. What I would say is we don't really know the long-term implications of it right now. So I'll be honest with you. I thought about this. Now, the players, if they get it during the season, they're still going to get their money, which is why they don't want to miss games, but they're still going to get paid, which is why I don't think I would do it if I were a player because I don't want to get the virus. I I personally don't want to get the virus. I want to – get a, the vaccine before I get it. I think a lot of people want to get the vaccine before they before they would potentially get it. But, and I don't think anyone has purposely got it as a result of that. But I would say this, for me as a broadcaster, if I get it, then I can't do a college football game, can't do an NFL game. You know, it, it would really hurt me because I would not get paid for those those events, whereas a player would. So the thought did cross my mind, to be honest with you. But there's just not, we just, there's so much we don't know about the long term implications of it. And it does different things to different people. So uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I think that's a really interesting question from a strategy standpoint. Good show. Good week. Please go back and check out Brad Ziegler. 
longtime Major League Baseball pitcher. He just retired. Now he wants to be a fantasy football analyst. It was awesome hearing him talk about how much he loves fantasy football and all baseball players, he said. Eli Hershkovich, I liked his dark horse MVP candidate in the NFL on the Even Money podcast on Wednesday. And Matt Waldman was awesome because he always is talking about running backs on the College Draft podcast. Other than that, you know we give shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing. I was there for lunch yesterday. And DynastyFreaks.com. Have a terrific weekend, everybody. We'll be back Monday. Bill Barnwell from the Four Letter Network. Love Bill Barnwell's stuff. He'll be joining us. I think you guys will really enjoy that. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.